Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Completely Arbitrary, the podcast about trees and other related topics. My name is Alex. And my name is Casey Clapp. Two peas. Casey Clapp. Two peas. That's right, Alex. In a pod. How you doing? Very well. It's a beautiful day. It is. It is. Actually, it's a little bit of a sad day. It's so beautiful because... It, we're in a fire fire watch right now. I know. Which is so silly. It's April in the wettest part of the wettest state. Yeah, but it's still happening. It's true. However, I don't know that this is, you know, obviously it's probably you know, climate change, but I bet you this is, you know, you get these kind of weird seasonal flukes where out of nowhere it doesn't rain for a while. Wait, is this the episode where we find out that you're a denier? <laughs> Well, I've been holding out on you this whole time. I actually wow. don't believe in climate change. It's, what a twist. Yeah, it's lasers from uh, from satellites. You, you know what I did this year that I'm proud of myself for? No. I ordered... Well, yes, but you tell me. I ordered some uh, air filters. Oh, okay, yeah. For a box fan. Mm-hmm. For the inevitable smoke... That will come with the, oh, the fires this summer. Oh, you already prepared for it. Yeah, oh, God. I didn't want to. I didn't want to be uh, searching everywhere and not be able to find them and choking to death. Yeah, that's um, a good, that's a good call. It's like get your toilet paper now. Yes, exactly. The, I ordered the inevitable a, pandemic. It's coming. A hundred percent. I ordered a, a normal amount. I didn't buy out the stock. I'm yeah, not, I'm not hoarding them. I'm going to sell them for a profit. Yeah, that's a good call. Um, but I last year was fucking hellish <laughs> it was so bad you know so many people have commented and we've talked about it of all the things that happened during the pandemic yeah when the entire like uh western area like of oregon was covered in smoke yeah it was like a, a not even a pea soup smoke it was so awful and so many people have said that was the top worst thing that happened last year on top of the pandemic, on top of all the other things that have happened in terms of the mm. economy and that. As soon as all of a sudden it was like, now you can't even go outside. The, it's smoky everywhere. Yeah. It looked like, uh, um, I, I don't know, like something from the, um, what is the uh, that old show, The not the X-Files, the older one. Um, Twilight Zone? Yes. It mm-hmm. felt like the Twilight Zone, but if it took place in Mordor. <laughs> that's that's pretty apt. Casey. That's what I felt. Yeah, it was really bad. I I mean, I I was driving 
I was driving my beater car on the freeway to take my dad to a doctor's appointment that I was nervous about, and I couldn't breathe. That's... And I had to pull over. I was like, I, I can't function right now. It's so awful, yeah. Um, yeah. It was, yeah, it was awful. There were a lot of things that happened to a lot of people last year that were terrible and that continue to happen, mm-hmm. but that was one of them for us Portlanders, I think. Yeah, so. it totally was. I mean, it absolutely was. For everyone in the Valley here, for sure. Yeah. West, Co- West Side. Yeah. But luckily... We're not quite there yet. No. And ideally, it will rain sometime in the near future. I sure hope so. It's in the forecast. Casey, I got to talk about something up top. Yes, I, yes, yes. We mentioned, I talked to you about it off off pod before mm-hmm. we started recording. And I said, I think the best way to do this is just for me to say it on mic. <laughs> I think that's fair. Uh, I'm not feeling too great today. Mm. Emotionally, mentally, I'm feeling a little down. I'm really stressed. Yeah. I haven't slept in two days. That's ins- that's astounding, Alex. Yeah, it sucks. Uh, I'm really tired until I lay into in my bed, and then a circus goes off <laughs> in my head. Oh, that's the worst. I, I know what you mean. Yeah, so I'm not, I'm not feeling all that passionate about anything, particularly trees. Oh, God. What? <laughs> but that's, this is going to be a fun arc, because possibly by the end of this episode, I will be you know, I'll be up again. And if I'm not, that's also okay. Well, that's ideal. Yeah. Well, we are all here with you. And Thank you. I hope that you start feeling better. We know that Solo is on your mind. Yes. He's still kicking over here. Solo's on my mind. Per use. Per use. Um, but Casey, let's not talk about depressing shit anymore. Mm. Let's talk about our good friend, the tree of the week. The tree of the week. What a fun thing to say. The common Hawthorne. I am happy. I think this is going to be the one to bring you up because the common Hawthorne, otherwise known as Crataegus monogyna. Whoa, hold on. A, yeah. One more time. Crataegus. Crataegus? Yes. Crataegus. Mono, monogyna. Monogyna. Here we go. Isn't that fun? It means literally uh, one seed, I believe. Okay. Yeah. And what is Crataegus? Um, Crataegus is, I guess, you know, I think it's just, uh, it's the name for Hawthorne, but it's, I don't know. It sounds it like probably, an era. Oh, yes. Oh, the Crataegus era. Yes. Well, there is the Cretaceous era. I'm I'm kind of conflating it with that. And I when I yeah. saw this name before, I, I said in my head, Cretaceous. Oh, it means, uh, it actually comes from the Greek Kratos, <gasps> meaning strength in reference to its wood. That's right, Kratos. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is uh, the god of war guy. Really? It's a video game. Yeah. Oh, I know the video game. I've yeah, yeah, yeah. heard that, of it. That's be, Kratos. That's the end of it. Oh, okay. Is yeah, it, um, what is it? Jeez. Strength. Uh, isn't there another guy like Prometheus or something? Who's oh, like Atlas, rolling? who holds yes. up the world. Yes. Is mm-hmm. he also known as strong? I think he is very strong. He holds up the world. That's Casey. true. Yeah. I guess that's possible. You got to be strong these days. Yeah. This is a tough world. It's tough a world. Tough world to hold up on your shoulders, Atlas. Well, yeah, well, there you go. Well, it's, it means strength. That's what it is. Okay. Crataegus, strong. Am I, am I to gather from that that it's a hard wood? It is. That's my understanding. I have cut it with a chainsaw, but I don't think I've ever actually axed one mm. um, because I cut it into sizes that it was small enough. You could just burn it. I see. It has a delightful scent, though. It's very heavy. Uh, the scent? Yes. I think it smells nice. Like, not the, the, the wood, not the flower. In fact- Oh, I the think, wood smells heavy? Yes. Okay. No, I mean, it doesn't smell heavy. It is heavy, and it smells nice when you burn it. But see, when you said it, when, you, when I misunderstood it as smells heavy- Oh. I also understood what that meant. Like that to me says like a heavy, oh, thick smell I like see. overtakes your senses. I yeah. gotcha. Yeah. I don't think it was like that. It wasn't quite for me. Okay. But now I kind of want to burn some more Hawthorne and see. Let's get it going. Yeah. Hold on. I'll go get my matches. <laughs> uh, Casey, let's imagine as we 
uh, oh, well, we should say we recently were in Japan last yes, week. Last week. And we hopped on a supersonic jet. Mm-hmm. You know what? Those I think Concords we actually, with an E. Okay. A con- I was going to suggest that we got on one of those like Red Bull space shuttles. <laughs> it just arced up and then waited for the earth to rotate so we can come straight back down. Exactly. Yeah. That's uh, how the cool people do it. Yeah. That's when you dump the, you open the Red Bull below your chin and then because of the arc <laughs> and the gravity uh-huh. it flows out up into your mouth man that's how to, that's how you drink a red oh bull. that's exactly how i drink my red bulls that's how you get those wings yeah i squeeze it so hard and it shoots up <laughs> like all right a, like a cartoon yeah exactly like, uh, like spinach i was that that made me think of popeye <laughs> old and popeye his, his spinach does he ever use a can opener popeye did he ever do that i think he uses his teeth oh what a guy man <laughs> I think uh, I need to go get a sailor tattoo like he had. Oh yeah, he had some. He had a great tattoo set. Yeah, yeah, he did. Uh, so we get yeah. up in this space shuttle, uh-huh. and the Earth rotates just enough. We we free base out, <laughs> and you know us, a couple of adrenaline junkies. That's we're right, cruising on down to <laughs> the magical land of Ireland. Ooh, and that is where we find the common hawthorn, the Emerald Isle, the Emerald Isle, Casey. Yep. Let's imagine that we have landed in a forest, safe and sound, because yep. we're also expert landers. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's a parachute down, you mm-hmm. know, it's press. It was, all, it was a whole thing. How about this? We we get our parachutes stuck in a hawthorn, oh. or at least I do, and you you land safely, <laughs> and you look up and say, "Alex, that's a hawthorn," and I say, "Well, what are we seeing? What are we smelling? <laughs> what am I looking at?" <laughs> You got it. Let's talk about it. All right. The first thing that's going to happen is you're going to be upset because you're going to be very scraped because as per its name, it has these little tiny thorns. Oh, Hawthorn. That's right. And they used to, so Ha is the, um, uh, basically Ha in old English and old, uh, I think, no, maybe not Gaelic, just old English, comes from Hawthorn, hedge thorn, meaning like it's the thorny bush that grows in the hedge. So it's another classic hedge tree over there in England. Well, I guess okay. greater the UK, because uh, it grows over in the Emerald Isles in Scotland, England, Wales, down into Central um, A or Central Europe, and I think even there's a couple bit in North Africa in the mountains and over in the eastern, um, sorry, the western side of Russia, Eastern Europe. Interesting. Yeah, so it's another common little tree that grows around. Uh, you'll also see uh, it's not very tall. You're actually probably going to be just a few feet off the ground when your strings are hanging up in the tree. Yeah. Like, you're a tall guy, so you're, maybe you'll be like a foot off the ground. My toes are scraping the forest floor. Yeah, exactly. There's going to be little. There's going to be nice little you know, countryside of grasses there. Okay. And you're just going to be hanging out. It's going to have these beautiful white blossoms. Again, it's in the uh, rose family. So all these little beautiful That's blossoms right. are just five petaled, five stamens, five sepals, uh, five pistons, pistols. And they just, uh, they're really beautiful. They look, I would describe them. And I also saw some magnolias that I would also describe as this. Hmm. They look to me like clouds that have blossomed from the earth. Wow. I just think they're so like, they're so bushy and the texture of their flowers make it look to me like it is a cloud. Like the way that you draw a cloud as a kid, like just these kind of big circles and little like, you know, squiggles. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like that, but it's three dimensional. It does look like that. When I look at it, it reminds me a bit of fur. Oh, really? Like, like um, yeah. mm. imagine like an ancient king would wear like oh, a white yeah. fur kind of like a sash mink. Yeah, a yeah. sash. 
Um, it looks a bit like that to yeah, me. Yeah, it kind of does. Yeah. You look at it from a distance, obviously, when you get up close. It's, right. It's flowers, Alex. It does. It just, it looks beautiful, though. Almost like a snow-covered peak. Hmm. Does this, does this, do these flowers also have the, um, the Japanese cherry issue where some are sterile and grow more flowers instead of... I'm sure that there are, but I don't actually know of any cultivars right off the top of my head that do that. Okay. But I guarantee that there are. It's another one of those trees that people have been messing around with and planting all over the place for decades and centuries. Okay. But this tree specifically has not been known to be um, quite as cultivated as the Japanese chariot used to be and still is. Um, It was more just a forest tree that kind of grew out in the forest and it's kind of the edge lands between forest and where they would become a farm field. Um, but it would also grow in like singular areas off of, um, like in the middle of big fields or something like that. Yes. And I have something to say about that. Later. Oh yes. Oh, we have so much to say. I, I'm so excited to get into this promiscuous tree. <laughs> well, it would, um, you're also going to have these like adorable little leaves. And I have to say, I, the Hawthorne leaves, I just think, I think they are the definition of adorable. I don't know why. I mean, there's plenty of small leaves, but these are just like a quintessential tiny little leaf. They're uh, a simple leaf with like lobes, kind of like an oak leaf, but instead of the oaks where the oaks kind of come out and flare a little bit at the end, these don't do that. They kind of come out either kind of triangularly or kind of rounded triangles back in, and then their lobes get a little bit smaller, a little bit smaller, a little bit smaller until there's just a a central top lobe at the very end of that mid-vein. Yeah, I like them a lot. They're yeah. they're uh, what would you call that? They're pinnately kind of semi lobed. Yeah, I would say that's exactly it. Okay. Yeah, it depends. And this is kind of one of those things where it's like, is it deep serrations or is it little lobes? Oh, who knows? Right? They look they look like more serrations to me. Yeah, I think but that's it, fair. They There's also look lobed. Too. I don't know. Like, yeah, the lobes look serrated. I think that I think that is true. They have little tiny serrations on there, but not a whole lot. Yeah. It looks like our uh, our trusty Oregon State would call them deeply incised, or three to seven lobed. Incised. So, yes, incised, which basically means they have like this sharp cut into them. Ah, as in yeah. incisor. Exactly. Yeah, which is a sharp one, right? Yeah. yeah I think there so. you go. The vampire tooth. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Vampire toothus. You know, that's the name of an octopus. Vampire toothus? I think it's Vampiros toothus. Oh, my. Something like that. I have a new favorite animal. Yeah, it's on planet Earth. I'll find it for you. But it's planet Earth? Life? I don't know. It's one of those cool ones. Is it a blood sucker? I don't think so. It lives like way down in the deep. And so when oh. you like come across, I think it's red. Right. It's one of those times where science and culture line up where it's like, yeah, we're going to name this Vampiros toothus. That's cool. Something like that. It, uh, it's, it's pretty sh- red. It shapes its home out of coral in the shape of a coffin. I hope so, yeah. And sleeps with its hands across its chest, you know? Yeah, all yeah. eight All, all eight, eight of them. <laughs> We're on our way to a Pixar movie. Oh, here. yes, we are. Oh, man. Well, it's, uh, let's see. So the other thing about it, monogyna with that one single seed, yeah, it's, uh, or single ovary is what that means. Um, so basically it just has one seed in the middle. Some hawthorns will have a couple little seeds, but this will have one red, uh, poem is what it's called. P O M E. It's another one of those, uh, good ones for Scrabble. Oh yeah. yeah. If you're ever doing Scrabble and you all have P O M E and you're like, well, I really want to spell poem, but it's not in the right location. Right. Switch the M and the E and you got poem. So you the when you when you're talking seed yeah that's the this is the the poem is the seed and the, it's a little fruit the little red fruit yeah oh the red fruit is called a poem and, and has then a seed inside has of it. one single seed monogyna one ovary I see and what's fun I gotta actually here's an interesting fact are you familiar with an apple uh, I've 
Loosely, yeah. Yeah, loosely. I mean, I've heard of it. I've seen it in the grocery store. I don't get close to it. Yeah. Well, an apple is also a poem. How do you feel about the pears? I love pears. Ooh, familiar with pears. Also a poem. Now, poem doesn't mean one seed. No. Okay. Poem is just the kind of fruit. Of course, apples and pears have five seeds, famously. You know, That's you, what was confusing. You're a kid. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you're you're good there. You're you're on track here. Okay. But here's what's interesting about a poem, and this is why I wanted to bring it up. A lot of people don't know this. Have you noticed, per se, a difference in the texture between an apple not a, an apple and a pear and say another kind of fruit like a peach or tomato or mm-hmm. something else they're very very different yeah like the ap- textures apples and pears are kind of starchy especially apples yes yeah and do you know why that is the case I don't. Casey. Oh, Alex, come on. I thought you were going to guess this one. <laughs> so here is the thing with, with the poem. It is actually stem tissue that is um, creating the fleshy bits that make it uh, as delicious as it is. And here's how you can tell. Oh. If you look on the bottom of a, um, a hawthorn, an apple, and a pear, what do you see? If you flip that upside down on the opposite side of the stem. It's a little butt. Yeah, you see those little those little sepals coming out of there, right? Yeah. So those are the same exact sepals that are on the outside of the flower. So the flower petals are those big white or pink things you uh-huh. see. And then the green things that are just below that are called the sepals. And those are at the base of the flower, right where the receptacle is, which is the part that holds the flower onto the stem. Oh. And that receptacle ends up basically getting... It kind of uh, subtends itself, and then the stem tissue below it and around it starts to uh, kind of grow out, and that becomes the fruit. So if you have the sepals, everything above the sepals that goes up towards the stem that's actually holding the little fruit onto the or the apple, onto mm-hmm. the twig, that big orange or yellow or you know delicious red, that is actually modified stem tissue at the base of the flower that is then turned into the fruit that we eat. That's what a poem is. Wow, half of the half of your time t- t- saying all that. Yeah, I was thinking like I was making an accidental connection. I was like stem tissue, like stem cell. Oh like, yes, you're twig. talking stems, which makes a lot of sense. Yes, because sometimes you bite into an apple. And you're like, oh, God, it feels like I'm chewing wood. Mm-hmm, There's like mm-hmm. that little butt part that like feels so unnatural to yeah, eat. Yeah, yeah, And that's because that's partly stem. Yeah, exactly. It's stem tissue. It is stem tissue. What are some other fruits that are loam, uh, poems? That are poems? Honestly, those are those are the big three. Okay. Um, there are a couple others I'd have to look. I think the quince is technically a poem, and there's uh, uh, a couple others. Kumquat, possibly, Ooh, if, I'm, if I don't, I'm picturing it. I don't think a kumquat is. I okay. think isn't a kumquat those little uh, citrus fruits that you can eat, like yeah. the whole thing? Mm-hmm. No, not that. Okay. I don't believe it is. Okay. Uh, but mostly, most famously, it's hawthorns, apples, and pears. Okay. And then a couple other things that are around, a couple other things in the rose family. So you would call them hoth- they would call these fruits hawthorns? Uh, yes. In fact, they, um, in his- uh, historically, in sort of in folklore and folk words, they would, be, they would just call them a haw. Aw. Yeah, there's a haw. So a hawthorn would be the one that, you know, the thorny haw. Where do the thorns take place on a hawthorn? I don't um, see they're, any. They're kind of all over the place. Um, this one sometimes doesn't have it near as much, um, but the other ones do. Like the, there's one called the um, cockspur hawthorn, hmm. and that one has like an inch long thorn that comes out of it. Jeez. Yeah, and a lot of times, um, 
this one it has um it has it has thorns less often than what you'd expect but there's some hawthorn species in Crataeus that have like massive thorns all the time but these ones usually they're somewhere on the twig um usually they're around the base of the leaf so that if you're an animal trying to eat the leaf you're just going to get poked in the mouth with a little thorn i see yeah well that's smart design by the tree yeah, exactly. And yeah. I think in this case, I'm trying to wonder if it's a, a lot of times thorns are actually modified leaves of some kind. Really? Yeah. It's, um, it's, but it can be like a stipule, which is a little bit at the base of a, uh, of a leaf, uh, where the petiole comes in. Um, it could also be just another leaf that's completely, um, turned into a thorn hundred percent. And then the bud pops into a new leaf that happens in cactus all the time where the leaves are the thorns and they don't do any photosynthesis. They've just been modified to be these pokey, terrible things. That's interesting. Yeah. So it, Go ahead. Well, I, I was just going to set you up for more information. Well, I'm ready, Alex. I look at the picture. I look at the picture. There's one picture of a Hawthorne on Google. It's amazing. <laughs> That's the only one. <laughs> I look at pictures of Hawthorns and I think, wow, that thing is, I personally love the way it looks. Mm-hmm. I, I think I called it, uh, before we started recording, I called it charmingly rustic charmingly rustic yeah okay yeah it, it just looks like i don't know fucked up but like in a cool way yeah um i'm interested in the morphology of the hawthorn um. why are they so craggy and and grizzled mm. and and messed up i'm i mean I'm, maybe i'm just looking at this one photo of a really old battered hawthorn yeah well it they they just kind of grow like that um they they're Again, it's kind of another thing of a lot of rose family little trees. So pears and peaches and cherries, apples, all mm. those kinds of things. Um, is whether like the white beam. Also, there, there are other... Um, I took a second to find some other poems just to make sure I could give you some, a good answer. Oh, okay. Catoniaster, medlar, pear, pyrocantha, the loquat, not the kumquat, oh, loquat. Loquat. Uh, the white beam, which is essentially the... Um, uh, rowan tree, which is also, we call it a mountain ash over here, I sorbus. I haven't heard of any of these. Well, we got time, Alex. <laughs> but they are um, the, so a lot of times they grow like that, kind of scraggly, because they do a lot of sprouting. And that is kind of the thing that you can see, like crab apples are another great example. Um, a lot of different kinds of cherries where, um, not cherry, uh, uh, pears do it this often where basically they grow out and if something breaks or something they are really intense about sending up shoots oh a little hydra like yeah exactly and so they will do that a lot and absolutely go wild okay So, so let's say you're hanging out there's a nice storm it kind of breaks one of the branches then it'll send up a bunch of shoots. But then if it's out in the wild, then it's just going to grow with those shoots. Or if an animal comes, they'll send out more shoots from there. Mm. So it reacts to that kind of damage. Okay. But also it just kind of grows whenever it gets the opportunity. So if it is growing up and it's a perfect nice stem and then there's some light, it'll like, well, I'm just going to pop a butt out over here. And then it puts a new branch from, you know, wherever an old tree was, maybe there's a branch that broke off or something else, just any kind of change in conditions. I see. And they'll react to it by sending out a bunch of new 
new twigs. I think that's really cool. It kind of paints them as like uh, supreme like uh, opportunists. That's a really good way to look at it. I guess most trees are, though, don't you reckon? I would say so, but I think you're on to something here because I think there are some trees that are much better at it than other trees where there's like conifers, for instance. They're not going to, most of them, they don't sprout at all. Yeah. Famously, uh, a couple pines and redwoods do, but if you cut a Douglas fir down below where there's any leaves... That thing's toast. It's done. Yeah. It's not going to take advantage of anything else. Every now and then, if it's still alive, it'll put out new buds. But you're exactly, I think I think you're onto something because they are, if you cut them down, if you cut anything about them, if you leave their roots intact, they will come back. They will just cool. keep on fighting. Willows are similar, right? Yes, totally. Yeah. Is it something to do with broad broadleaf trees? No, because some broadleafs won't do that either. Like, um... Oaks certainly will. Most broadleafs will probably sprout in some regard, but some will do it a lot more than others, like these these sorts of stone fruit or poem fruit cherries yeah. and rose family things. They'll do it often, but oaks probably won't do it near as much. Lindens will do it, but not crazy. If you cut a linden down, yeah, it'll sprout, but it, it's not going to be a sprout where if you get one broken branch, it's going to send out a bunch of sprouts. Mm-hmm. Um, hawthorns and apples and pears, they'll just sprout off of any wound anywhere. Interesting. And that's just what they do. Good for them. Yeah, but a lot of times you can get one that has a nice single stem if you grow it up perfectly and you be very careful with it, but you nick the roots a little bit or you nick the base of it with a a weed whacker, it's toast. You're just going to get sprouts forever. Interesting. Yeah, it's the worst. Well, Case, I think we should take a V-short break. Oh, yeah, all right. Okay, we'll be right back with more Hawthorne talk. V-short. Right here on Completely Arbitrary. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims Bras at Skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Welcome back to Completely Arbitrary. Today we're talking Common Hawthorne. The Irish jewel in the crown. That's what it is. Uh, Casey, we have so darn much to talk about, my friend. I have to admit to you, when we first were planning to do this tree, I Mm -hmm. was like, all right, this is a tree. I know it. You know, it's planted around here really often, and it's actually semi-invasive, but 
I was like, I don't really know that much about it, I guess. You know, it's a tree that is so common, it's it's almost ubiquitous. It's got common in, in its name. It does, yeah. In fact, I usually over here, I would call it the English hawthorn, but I oh. realized there are some people who would listen to it and call it the common hawthorn. I, th- I say we call it the Irish hawthorn. Oh, I think that sounds lovely. I think they've earned it. Yeah, there you go, Ireland. So... They, uh, these trees, meaning when I, when I say they, I mean these trees, not the Irish, okay. uh, they're common. I see them all over the place and I'm just mm. like, oh yeah, okay, whatever. And then I had to like sit here and be like, well, okay, what are we going to talk about when we talk about this tree? And then you of course brought up, um, folklore in terms of yes. fairies. That's right. I love me a fairy. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll start looking into it. So I started where I always start, and I know everyone is probably going to have an opinion on this. Oh. I love Wikipedia. Wikipedia <laughs> is the best. It's the perfect place to start doing your research because yeah. you can just branch off into a thousand different things and then just go find, what is that? And then Google that, and then you'll get like much better resources that are much more in-depth. Yeah, but, Wikipedia is so underrated. God, it's just so underrated. My grandpa, he hates it. He really? doesn't even use a computer, but he's so against Wikipedia. Interesting. <laughs> I just think it's the best. Casey, we do me a favor as we do every episode. Would you click on that lamp? (laughs) You're welcome. So as I am thinking about this tree, I was looking through it and I realized that, A, you're totally right. This tree has a ridiculous amount of folklore that comes with it. And it might have changed my mind a little bit about (gasps) it uh, in terms of my my rating on it. Well, look at this. I learned so many things about this Hawthorne. My goodness. It's like we're trading places. Exactly. This is what it is. Wow. So... This is a common tree known to any, I mean, your standard 16th century peasant. Mm. (laughs) Duh. And I am, I was just stunned with how many people love this tree and what it meant to a villager in 16th century Ireland. Well, funny you should say that because the 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 impetus, is that the right word? Yes. Beginning. I was like, I don't know what your next thing is going to say. The impetus of this, of this uh, I almost said this relationship. Casey, my <laughs> we, brain is melting down. <laughs> He's literally melting. The impetus of this episode was a <laughs> listener email. That's true, Somebody yes. suggested that we talk about the common Hawthorne. I'm so sorry you, that listener. I don't remember your name, listener. Yes, we will find you. Yeah, possibly. So the, um, the it is. I th- I'm so glad that the listener brought this up because oh my gosh, are did you, now you also did research on this because you were really excited about it. I did do research. All Anytime right. we talk uh, myth, myth mythology or any sort of uh, mythological creature, I'm yeah. on board almost instantly. Ah, oh, fantastic. Um, so I'm very much into uh, fairies, and you can quote me on that. <laughs> and you can quote me on that. I will. So historically, the common hawthorn was where it was where fairies lived. Yes, and this is kind of an interesting thing when you look back on like the etymology of the word fairy. Uh, it went from like fairyland, or um, there's a bunch of different words depending on if you are Scottish or old yeah. English or in Wales, like elfim and uh, elfane. Yeah, almost every. I feel like almost every culture has their version of a fairy. They totally do, but these like the old Celtic uh, culture in the uh, basically the UK, what is now the UK, all those old, um, old tribes and old peoples, they went pretty in depth into it. Yeah. And they had like, it was, so it, the, it started as like this, this, mythical land mm. that was called fairy fairy land and then or fairy lind and all these things i'm just going to use fairy because it's an archaic term and i like using them so yeah. they just called it fairy 
fairyland. And then all of a sudden, at some point in time, it stopped referring to the place, the mythical location where these inhabitants live to the fairies themselves as the individuals. Okay. And they lived in these old ancient hawthorn trees, the common hawthorn. See, now this is where our 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 research is starting to differ a little oh, bit. Oh, I want to know. Which is exciting, right? That's what yeah, you want. Yeah, exactly. From what I read, uh, a.k.a. this one article, <laughs> she says that the, 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 the Hawthorne is a portal to the fairy world. Yes, yeah, so I, it's that too. That's the thing where it kind of became like, do they live in the tree or right. do you go through the tree to get to them? There's other myths about people having to go into the ocean to get to this land or like go on a famous boat for like three days and like go on some big intense journey is always what it is. Yeah, maybe it's both. Maybe it's like a gatehouse yeah. and there has there have to be guards in the well, gatehouse. It goes back to what you were asking about, about the how the the tree itself is like so gnarly and old. Mm-hmm. Like they're really tough wooded trees. They still decay like anything else, but they would grow to such weird like extents where it would like break apart, but then it would sprout from those breaks and those now new sprouts would become trees and large stems in their own right growing off of these old decaying tree stems that are still getting larger and decaying, and then a new one would break, and it would create this weird, like, gnarly-looking old, like individual grove of one tree yeah it almost looks like a like a like a broken fist with like oh my god stuff growing yeah out with it. like new fingers coming mm-hmm. out of it yeah I and mean, they yeah. don't get very tall but then they at the end of this like super gnarly looking like <laughs> then they bloom beautiful yeah. every springtime every may specifically and this is why it's a promiscuous tree Let's alex hear about it so classically there used to be two different kinds of calendars right there used to be the julian calendar and then we trained or switched over in sometime i think in the 1700s or something to the gregorian calendar okay and it ended up taking away a certain amount of days and so the it used to be may day which was like this big celtic celebration historically because it was like basically the solstice um in i guess it would be the autumnal or the uh vernal equinox okay it was just in um it wasn't it was a little bit after that either way it was this day during like the most intense amount of growth during spring. Mm. So, of course, for those of you who aren't familiar with England or the temperate regions of, say, northern Europe, it is a deciduous land almost through and through where everything will lose its leaves and then kind of go dormant. And then in springtime, all this mythology came because that's when all of the new plants or the old plants would put on all this new growth. All the leaves come back, you know, from barren, what would be barren land, all of a sudden, comes up all this other stuff. Not a lot of evergreen plants in the UK? There's there's some like scotch pine or scots pine. Those are there. And there's a couple sparing other kinds of um, conifers. And then there's like heaths and heathers. And there's evergreen plants, especially as you go further to the north um, into Scotland. Or if you go like hard hardcore on the coast but not a lot of trees not a lot of trees it's a deciduous forest at least it was before almost it entirely got cut down and turned into farmland you gotta you gotta build your palisade walls out of something you gotta do it out of something so it ended up becoming this um uh the the like whole springtime sort of uh literally sexuality 
came from uh, or was embodied by this tree. So um, you've heard of like May Day and Beltane, like these kinds of um, uh, basically pagan holidays, right? Yes, Beltane, the, the spring festival. Yes. So there used to be um, basically on May Day, there was a festival where all of the young, uh, the young kids, and I guess it would be, I don't want to say kids, but all the, all the adolescents in the, in the village would um, sneak out of their houses on this one night during May, and they'd go out into the woods and, you know, under the guise of collecting, uh, collecting hawthorn boughs, and they'd uh, come back in the morning with their hands full of all these cut branches filled with hawthorn blooms mm-hmm. um they would really just go out and have a bunch of hanky panky in the woods <laughs> hanky panky and that's what it, yeah so this tree represents like this sort of kind of like new spring growth and fertility because then you know nine months later after you had this mm. great spring celebration there's a bunch of kids jumping out they're out there making whoopee it's exactly what they did <laughs> The hanky panky, the whoopee. Yeah, it was, and I'm just like, I love. I've heard of that before in terms of like what you know people used to do, and I'm just like, that really, that's that. That's I love that as a pagan holiday. Just yeah. all the kids sneak out, go have sex, and then come back to that's the village incredible. with flowers. Like, yeah, I was just out picking flowers, mom. No worries. Well, Casey, it's funny in this article, <laughs> my one article that I read um, says the blossoms said are said to be highly erotic to men. Yes, I'm sure. Which perhaps explains why Ireland did such a roaring trade in exporting hawthorn flowers. <laughs> That's a, Ireland's like, oh yeah, we're going to get this all over the world. <laughs> Wherever we go, we're going to be comfortable. I could see that. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting. Well, they, it's also been a uh, been used in a bunch of different um, medicinal things for many different years, or for, I'm sorry, for, for many different things over many years, and um, you can like make jellies out of the um, the berries and poultices and things out of the leaves and the hmm. twigs and the inner bark, um, but. Another thing that's kind of fun about this is that as we transitioned from uh, more or less kind of pagan things in in the 1500s, there was a lot of like uh, demonology, I guess, and I mean in, in that in the sense that people were demonizing um, pagan rituals in terms of like uh, you know they were becoming much more conservatively Christian, right? Right. And it turns out that if you um, were like conversing with the you know the may queen or the the spring queen it would be like this hawthorn kind of representation like we're saying you know it was this gateway to the um the fairyland Mm -hmm. well they used to always be like those trees are like scary like they have like witches work with them and like come out of them and so like the tree if you like they were like yeah she was hanging around a hawthorn tree all day yesterday oh shit she's a witch wow (laughs) i don't know if it was quite that like you know obvious but i love it always makes me think of um there was one story i read where um the uh what was it a guy no they said that this woman came and asked this factory this mill for some food and they said get out of here so she cursed him Mm. and then every all the grain turned red and then when one guy ran back and like gave her some food then she took the curse away and everything went back to normal okay it reminds me of the um Wait, that's the entire story? Yeah, well, then then she got, like, persecuted because they're like, she must be a witch because she did this. Oh. And I think it then became a witch trial. But oh. the, the thing, it, it, what is the, 
the Holy Grail, um, mm-hmm. Monty Python, uh-huh. where the guy's like, she turned me into a toad. Yeah. And everyone's looking at him. He's like, well, I got better. <laughs> That's kind of like what that is. But then also it's just on a whim, someone would just be like, you're a witch because you were doing this thing or something weird happened and they just freaked out. They yeah. were so skittish, those she, people. She turned the, the oats red when you weren't looking and now they're back to normal. <laughs> yeah. I swear. I swear it happened. That's fascinating. I also know from this article that um, uh, Hawthorne wood uh, is the most powerful wand wood. I learned that too. Now, I am not the kind of person to ask people to send us things, Mm -hmm. but we have actually gotten some very nice mail. Oh, we did. You guys are so sweet. We very recently, uh, today, you brought over some maple cookies. Oh, so delicious, you guys. I can't. Wait, should we shout out that person? What's the name of that person on that box? Uh, Casey's getting up to to look at the Canadian postage box. Um, I guess it's uh, Canadian Postal Service. But um, yeah, what's who who sent us those candies? Well, but I do want to get back to the thing I was going to say. But I want to shout out this person, Chanel Zephyropolis. Yes, thanks, Chanel. Thank you so much. I we I had one and it was delicious. We also got some charms from Art Charms in Niagara Falls. Yes, Thank those you. are amazing, and I am Guys. already thinking of what to do with them. We've also got some books that were sent our way, and we got a couple other cards and lovely things. Honestly, you guys are sweet as heck. Yes, if we actually, to, now, that we, now that we mentioned Pray to my it, Hawthorne tree. <laughs> if, if, if people continue to send us things, I really want to do some, some Patreon episodes where oh, we unbox all these things. Oh, that's right. I should wait to unbox them. I'm just so excited. No, it's exci- I'm glad you opened that one because it had cookies in it, and it's I love food. <laughs> um, but I want to say, if anybody out there has a piece of Hawthorne wood that they could send oh, me. so that you can turn it into a wand. So that I could just have it in my home and feel the powers of the fae. I think know? it's reasonable, yeah. Uh, I just want one around me. <laughs> well, th- th- this is one thing. So remember earlier at the very beginning, I was telling you that I'm kind of like, I don't know. This is such a, like this tree wasn't fancy to me. And then I, of course, sometimes do research for this. Other times I just look at you and I tell you things, hoping you're going to believe me. (laughs) I knew it. (laughs) As I was looking at this, I'm like, what, what is this? The Hawthorne has all these different things. There was another story that, uh, it's called the, uh, the Hawthorne. It's a tree that was, uh, Gastonbury. It's the Gastonbury thorn. And I wonder if it's Gastonbury. Oh, it probably you is. You know, like those those UKers that always yeah. that always shorten that last syllable. They do. All right. Yeah, I'm gonna let you say that one from now on. The Gastonbury thorn. Yes, made by Joseph. This is the this is the legend. The okay. Joseph of Arimathea. I think it's Arimathea. Arimathea, maybe, mm. but I'm pretty sure it's a t. Anyway, he was allegedly the guy um, that uh, was put in charge of burying Jesus Christ and like took him off the crucifixion or crucif- uh, crucifix. Uh-huh. And legend has it that he himself went from Jerusalem all the way up into England and basically took a staff that he had and was like, ow, in Gastonbury, slammed it into the ground and demanded like that this flower grew. Or didn't, I don't even know if he demanded. He just slammed a staff into the ground and uh-huh. from that staff grew a hawthorn and it bloomed right on Christmas, right in the middle of like the worst, harshest time when the sh- days are shortest and that is now called the biflora hawthorn and it grows all through this area called gastonbury 
And it oh, is, it's a variant of the Hawthorne? It's a variant, yeah. Or it's you, just another Hawthorne species? I think it's another variant. It would be another, okay, I don't variant. think cultivar, just a variety of some kind. Yeah. And it's of the same tree, and it but it blooms twice a year. It blooms during the, what? like, really late in, like, mid-winter, and then not, it's not super huge, it's just a couple little tiny flowers. Uh-huh. But then it blooms again, like the big massive spring blooms that they're, the whole tree's famous for. What's happening there? How does that work? Who knows? It's just a variant, maybe for whatever reason that tree just gets this you know weird timing maybe there's who knows i'm not sure it's got a screw loose yeah it it totally does uh so this this is this is fascinating i like that story yeah is that is it possible from such a an industrious hard-working tree like the hawthorn Mm. to take something made out of hawthorn wood that is completely removed from the roots oh, and the yeah. stems uh-huh. or the, the branches or whatever. Yeah. The leaves, you know. And put it back that in is the like ground. totally dead. Mm-hmm. And to put it in the ground, do you think it would grow? I'm uh, not no, I'm not asking you to refute or confirm oh, the yeah. story of, of Jesus uh Yeah, of Joseph of Arimatrea. Yeah. Yes. But it would that be possible to take like a staff ah. or something made of wood and put it in the ground and it grow a tree grows from it? Is this like the stupidest question <laughs> you've ever heard someone ask? Alex, absolutely not. <laughs> They're gonna just say absolutely. Absolutely it is. <laughs> No. As I was asking, I could feel my face get red. It's <laughs> so like, oh, sh- I'm making a fool oh, out of myself. Uh, no, you are not. There are other questions. <laughs> that I've asked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you just didn't think they were as bad. Yeah. <laughs> no, this one is a fine question. The answer really would be no, because it's the cambium that's on the outside of it that oh, has to be still there. Interesting. So if you just take a stick and put it in there. It's not going to do anything, but like a, a, if you take a little switch of uh, mm-hmm. willow and hawthorn and a bunch of other plants and you just stick that in the ground when it's dormant, yeah. it'll start putting roots out. What so, about a slice of log with the bark and cambium still intact? Ooh. You just plunked it on the ground. Yes. I believe I've actually seen that. Where That's dormant amazing. buds on the outside have actually started and popped and started to grow. Actually, I think I've seen that too, Casey. You have. I Really? We saw it at the same place, I believe. Where or was, was that a stump at that bachelor party? We went to oh, that was yeah, that was a stump that had grafted onto other trees. Oh, okay, yes, a little bit different. Yeah, it's far different. Yeah, but far different, far different, quite sure. different. Yes, further different. That is more further farish different <laughs> than otherwise. Casey, well said. Thank well, you. there's also this tree also is um, because it lives and has like this gnarly appearance. It actually can live for. Several hundred years. That doesn't surprise me one bit. Not one bit. Which it also looks like it can it can live forever. It totally does. There's some that are. In fact, I have read that there is one that is growing in a commune in France that is in fact the oldest tree in France. Wow. Of any species at all, and it is allegedly planted. It was allegedly planted in the third century. What's it called? Um, all right. Well, this is going to be awful, but I believe it's called. Um, oh. It's planted in a commune called Saint Marc la Futaire. I think that was probably perfect. <laughs> Thank you. Merci. <laughs> uh, I can't confirm, of course. Yes, no one can confirm this. Just like no one can confirm if that tree is actually like seventeen hundred years old. Yeah, maybe. But there's another one that's actually in the tiniest, it is the smallest preserve in Britain called the Hethel Old Thorn. That's the name of the Hethel of the thing. <laughs> it's the tiniest little um, spit of land that is protected in this uh, as like a part of a wildlife kind of 
protection area. And there's only one thing within this little tiny protected area. I think it's like less than a small acre. Wow. And it's this one old tree that they have confirmed is, uh, I think it was growing for 700 years. And in 17, in the mid 1700s, they measured it as nine feet in diameter. Holy cow. And it's slowly been falling apart and rebuilding itself ever since. And now it's like not quite a tree anymore. Wow. Still alive, still kicking. Wow. It's just like a pile of tree. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the perfect way to describe it. But the more that I lean this, the more I'm like, well, maybe, maybe, fair, maybe that is how you get to fairyland. Like, I mean, it's, I'm I mean, kind of getting more and more convinced. Yeah. Maybe we should talk about it. Season three, fairy world. Fairy world. We're going in. <laughs> We're just going to start talking about all the trees that everyone has told us about that live in these fairy lands. Yeah. That'd be so cool. Wow. Uh, mythological trees. Yes. There's, there's something. There's oh, a Patreon episode. Yeah. There you go, you guys. Send us your favorite mythological trees. Yeah. Uh, before we wrap up our discussion of the common Hawthorne, Casey, I want to go back to the very beginning and talk about this as a fairy portal. Um, and just briefly mention that often the the fairy the the hawthorns that are ter- that are sort of appropriated as fairy portals by uh-huh. humans yeah will sort of uh, from from this article and everything I'm about to say is from this one article <laughs> this is the depth of my research the good news is i have confirmed much of what you're saying okay. with other articles fantastic and other things that i've heard and read about loving that um so it looks like most most hawthorns that humans appropriate as fairy trees will be the ones that you'll find in the middle of a field yeah that are just kind of growing solitarily mm-hmm. um and aren't just surrounded by other trees because they're more special because they're like out on their own yeah there's they're, that they've made shrines around some of these trees yes. like old gaelic places and also t- uh, even P- pagan tying things little tokens to the branches yeah. um scrap of paper with a prayer on it or a gift for the fairies. I've, I've also heard that they would um, tie or they would collect the dew off of the flowers and wash their hands. Uh, men would wash their hands with it, hoping that their craft, they would be better at their craft, as well as women would uh, wash their faces in it to become more beautiful. That's incredible. Like a spring cleaning. I hope to live in a world where women wash their hands to improve their craft as well. <laughs> I think that would be a nice world. <laughs> um. Casey, uh, also, uh, maybe that was where my knowledge ends. (laughs) I set myself up for more, but I think I'm done. Well, I think you're, you're right on, you're on the right track where it's just, it's still venerated. I think it's a, it's another one of those trees. And I think I brought this up a while back in the sense of like, um, indigenous sort of uh culture and how it relates to trees yeah and this is very much a situation like that it just happens to be that this culture has also been like absolutely painted across the globe and has become somewhat american culture and like you know there's a lot of different corruptions of what it was but if you go back to you know 1700 1500 uh ireland that was still an indigenous people that, you know, they had obviously had battles and wars and fought other people, yeah. but their culture and their sort of reverence for this tree is hundreds and thousands of years old. And it's come from all these different traditions, like, you know, these May traditions, right? Just the same as anything else. So maybe um, the the Irish who have come over to Portland may not hold that same reverence for our native Hawthorne or something, yeah. which is totally fair because there's a whole other peoples that live here that have been like, yeah, well, we see this tree in a completely different way. 
It's fascinating the the way that humans interact with trees. It really from, is from a from sort of a spiritual standpoint. Yeah, even afraid of it. There's an article from the BBC that uh, as I'm reading through here and just clicking around on these things, and it's mm-hmm. an old like I think 1964 um, video, and this they were building a road, and there was this old hawthorn tree, and they were like, yeah, we don't move the road you can't just put it right there that's a i mean it's a fairy tree you can't you can't just do that mm. and then the workers ripped the tree out <sighs> in like kind of the dead of night kind of thing they're just like we're just gonna get it over with and the the whole town like just was like super a upset and b a little bit afraid because they're just like yeah you just kind of like tore this tree down wow. that's real bad juju and they the the interviewer's like do you know what happens if someone does this and the lady's like well he got a strain of something and I, he he died He's dead <laughs> since that since he pulled that tree up. <laughs> and then another guy, uh, I couldn't understand him. I had to listen to it like three times <laughs> because he's just an old 1960s uh, Irishman and his accent was, he was talking very fast. Yeah. And he's like, I don't know, go to hell basically. <laughs> so even in the 1960s, you know, this culture was still there and people mm. was like, yeah, I'm not going to cut down that tree. <laughs> I don't want to get that strain. That's incredible. Well, if, you, if you're listening to this and you're, and you're an Irish person and you have some sort of connection to the Hawthorne spiritually. Oh, please tell us about holler it. Holler at us. Casey, I think it's a fantastic time to get to a review of the common so. Hawthorne. Um, oh, the very last thing. Actually, I'll save it for my review. Oh, okay. Uh, as our resident expert, mm. we begin with you. All right. All right. So I was thinking about this one. As I always do, every time I give a rating, it is 100% researched thorough i write a full paper on it and i discuss it i review it and then finally i meditate on it for three to four weeks and you teach a four credit class at uh, yes yale an an unestablished university i don't want i I don't want to oh sorry i'll edit out yale thank you (laughs) just put a beep (laughs) uh so when i was thinking about this one i was like okay yeah I hate this tree. This is one of my least favorite trees. Wow. I was I was ready to do it because I'm like, all right, cool, we're going to talk about this tree. But then, you know, you go out on the streets and you're like, that's a hot thorn. It's like, I hate this tree's in the way. It's pokey. I can't walk around through it and I got to measure it and it sends up all these shoots and it looks trashy. Mm-hmm. I don't like it out here. It's semi-invasive. It does goofy stuff. Alex, you're giving me that face again. <sighs> no, I'm I not. know. I, but here's the thing. It doesn't, it's the same, it's out here, we plant it in the streets a lot, and everyone likes it because it has these beautiful flowers, right? And there's also a pink variety that everyone really likes, and they're Mm. really beautiful. Um, I don't think the flowers smell that good, most people don't, they they kind of smell, they kind of smell pretty bad. Okay. I don't think anyone likes them. They Are they look like beautiful. Bradford Pear bad? I don't think they're quite on that level. Okay. They're not quite there. Don't worry, people. We will talk about the Bradford Pear. <laughs> yeah. go, go look up. Uh, talk about a request. Yeah. Go look up uh, Black Forager's video. On yes. That's that so good. That's it's the, it's all you oh, need to man. know. This so it uh, it just doesn't smell that good. I think it's a fine way to put it. Okay. And uh, so I'm like, okay, it's another it's big flowering tree. And then, you know, it gets this little disease and half the leaves die anyway by the, like mid-July. And they just are naked, sticky-looking trees. Mm. Um, however, as I was reading through it, and I went up to the Hoyt Arboretum a couple of years ago, and I saw these hawthorns. And I have to keep remembering, when you just set a beautiful hawthorn tree in the ground and you let it grow, and you just don't mess with it you just you let it you you prune it up gently as needed and you just let it develop what it's going to develop it has all these branches and twigs and sticks that are going in every which direction and it just looks like a hurricane of sticks like like a crow's nest yes and i'm just like 
that's one of the most beautiful trees I've ever seen. That's Why don't they boy. look like that? And I don't. I I think because people think they know what they should do with trees, so they would just whack at them and clean them out, and mm-hmm. you know, do all these things to them. It's like just let the tree do its thing. Yes, it's gonna be fine. So I have to I have to temper it a little bit and be like, okay, first off. In certain situations, it all is slightly invasive, so I'm going to take a little bit down for them because okay. it's here, but we put it here. The tree's just doing its thing. Okay. I'm going to give this tree a 6.2. Oh, that's a little lower than I imagined you I were know, going I with know. I know. I, well, lower, really. Yeah, I thought you were ramping up to like oh. an eight something. No, yeah, no, sorry. Yeah, it's, a, it's a, All right, 6.3. No, 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 no. I'm going to go 6.3, and here's why. Okay. I'm afraid of fairies. <laughs> a little bribe I for the fairy yeah, queen. I don't bribe for the fairy queen. Please let me sleep tonight. <laughs> and, and don't, don't, you know, give me, give me at least one, give my crops one good year, please. Um, great. There so it is, 6.3. Six cone, six golden cones of honor. 6.3 golden cones of honor. Plus a small, a small handful of scales. <laughs> yeah. All right. So what about you, Alex, as our resident fairy expert? All right. Well, I'm far from an expert, Casey. All right. I do love magical creatures. (laughs) I love magic in general. I love fantasy. I love mythology. Mm. Loving all that stuff. Since I was a young lad in the hills of Ireland. A fairy tree. (laughs) I like the common hawthorn a lot. Um if you showed this tree to me without any context, mm. cultural context, I might be like, "Oh, that thing's ugly as fuck. I don't want to. I don't want to even look at it." Uh, however, I think knowing that it's a fairy tree, I look at it now and I'm like, "Ooh, what a beauty! Like, <laughs> what a beauty!" I loved what how you said it's a hurricane of branches. It is just like a mess, and it's intense. I think a lot of us can relate to that. Uh, I I love that about it. It looks old. It looks like a fairy portal. Yeah. Um, I, it totally does. Especially some of these pictures of these old, the Gastonbury thorn and the the Hereford thorn. Not Hereford. I'm going to look up the Gastonbury thorn. Uh, this makes for good radio, right? <laughs> yeah, the typing on Google. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Come on now. Yeah. That's, that's, in, that's incredible. And it's like up on a, up on like a, a barrow. Uh, is that what you call it? I'm not sure. All right. I'm going to say yes. That's not, exactly what it is. I'm not great at geological features. <laughs> is that a volcano? <laughs> I can't tell. No, Alex. It's a tree. <laughs> it's a tree. <laughs> I am going to give the common hawthorn. Oh, the the very last thing I want to say about the common hawthorn. Yeah. I like its name because I think it sounds like a, an insult. That's, <laughs> you're nothing but a common hawthorn. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, when what in what context would you insult someone with it? I think in like that way? I think like um, a group of friends out for the night, and All there's right. like some tension. Mm-hmm. Like maybe somebody's dating someone else's ex, oh, and God. like nobody's talking about it. Mm-hmm. And then like that person has a few too many beers, uh, and then she, she I, I I'm, I don't know why I say she, but they they start to go after the person a little bit. And you're like, you know what? You're nothing but a common Hawthorne. Like, and everybody's wow. like. Sarah, what, what the, the fuck? Jeez, Sarah. You can't say that. Stop. Uh, love that. <laughs> You're just a common Hawthorne. I'm giving the common Hawthorne a straight, seamless 8.0. 8.0? Yeah, that's what it, that's wow. what it gets for me. But I respect, you, I, I respect and understand your 6.3. All right, that's fair. 8.0. Oh, you know, maybe, gonna... maybe I should chip in a, a, a few scales for the Fairy Queen. It you, doesn't hurt. You might as well. And you All know right. what? I mean... 
She's pretty powerful. 8.4. 8.4. I'm hoping I get to sleep tonight. <laughs> Your crops are going to be insane this year. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. My The um, the Monstera in my kitchen, I'm going to wake up <laughs> to golden fruits dripping off of it. Oh, this is going to be this is gonna be a boon. Good uh, for us. Hey, not the, a bad showing from the Common Hawthorne. And fascinating tree. Fascinating. Uh, with a fascinating cultural relevance. Casey, it's time for a bit of a game. Alex, what game is it? Well, it's a game that I'm officially lazily calling Family Tree. Oh, that's a good name. We played it a couple weeks ago when we talked about the uh, Greek mythological gods. Oh. And we assigned each of them a tree yes. to fit their personality. Okay, all right. Well, we're doing the same thing tonight, only we're not doing Greek mythological gods because it's not on theme. Yeah, nope. We were. I was going to do something else, but I ended up settling on... Uh, semi-popular UK rock band, The Beatles. What? So I've we never were, heard of them. <laughs> you did, when I told you about this uh, right before we recorded, you did say, uh, and I quote, <laughs> ooh, you're going to have to help me out on that one. <laughs> to which my, dr- my jaw hit uh, the floor. Alex, there's some things that stay between you and me. Hey, I, I, I would share anything with our fans, what? Casey. No. <laughs> Gotta hold something back. Like, well, <laughs> I don't know the Beatles that well. <laughs> and I think that's okay. I think anything is okay. Yeah, the collective, like, everyone's like, oh, what? The yeah. Beatles are... The, the Beatles? I just heard a million souls cry out. I'm so sorry, you guys. A million... I think Ringo's the best. Oh, I thought you said... I thought you were, I thought you called him Gringo. That's what I heard. <laughs> oh, God, no. <laughs> I'm not... I'm, no, no. All the right. Texas Beatles. We the start te- with Gringo. The Texas Beatles. <laughs> Yeah, well, he's a mesquite. <laughs> All right, so let's <laughs> let's start with Ringo, the drummer of the Beatles, Casey. All right, the, star with two R's. The beat caster. Mm. Uh, caster, I meant to say keeper. I like caster. Yes, yeah. the beat caster. Yeah, he casts the beats. Onto the drum heads. Yeah, yes, exactly. Skins, yeah. yeah. Uh, so Ringo oh, Starr, God. from from all accounts, uh, I, a peace loving man. Yeah, can I get a quick like background? Like, like who who's Ringo? Give me a little. Ringo Starr is just like a bad drummer. What? That, yeah, it's true with the Beatles. Well, I do. I I think I have heard that um, Paul McCartney once said he's not even the best drummer in the Beatles. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> How do you get? That's that's such a mean thing to say. <laughs> he's not a great drummer. He's a very famous drummer. That's reasonable. Uh, from all accounts, from every, from all like documentary footage I've seen, uh, he he seemed like when he was young. I'm I'm, I'm sort of uh, what I knew of them from when they were like popular. Yeah, I wasn't alive, but um, you know, he's kind of a goofball, kind of mm-hmm. a kind of mis- a mysterious like is he joking sort of character. You oh. know, like is he acting that way on purpose or is that he's kind of a troll maybe? Yeah. Ooh. Um, in internet parlance. Yeah. Uh. He, but he also, I think he's probably kind of a sweetheart. Okay. Um, but he's he's just kind of a doofball. He famously wrote, or at least sings, uh, Yellow Submarine, mm. um, Octopus's Garden. I love that song. Yeah, those are good songs. Oh my gosh. Okay. So All that's right. Ringo, and he's, and he's the drummer, and his name is Ringo. Okay. I'm also, I play the drums every now and then. That's I have, right. You know, so I, I got a little, I got a little bit there. I'm also not the best drummer on my drum set. So. Casey's a fine that's drummer. That's fair. You're so sweet to say this. Every time I say that, you always encourage me. I want to stand up for you because you won't. Ah, you're, you are the rock that I stand upon. Oh my word. 
All right. I'm going to go I'm going to go with the um it's called the the Witch Elm. Wow. Yes, this is what I'm going to do. Not unrelated, not no no relation to the the witches that get uh, you know, uh make make deals with the devil and the fairy queen. Oh, it's these aren't uh Y C H. Oh, Witch is W Y C H. Yes. So Almas Glabra. There is a uh the famous uh so it's a big tree. It kind of gets big. It kind of chills out. Um, but there's also a a weeping variety of it. It's a weeping. Uh, it's a weeping kind of witch elm, and it it grows. So here's here's why. Because it's kind of a doofy looking tree. It is a bit doofy. It's a it's, bit hawthorny. It's a little bit hawthorny. But it, the difference is hawthorns grow. And like we'll send up a bunch of different shoots. This one they grafted onto a single stem, and then it just kind of grows slowly and curvily outwards. Okay. But then also is weepy at the same time. So it grows really slowly because you can't really grow up if you're always weeping down. So you kind of have to help it out, and it slowly grows up like a couple inches at a time. But like a couple inches up and to the right, a couple inches up and to the left, and then all the other branches. And it's a mop top. <laughs> oh, perfect case. <laughs> yep, I have all the visual <laughs> ideas of the veils. That's fine. So it, it's like this weird well, mop top They all tree. have the same haircut That's from that, true, yeah. from that so, era. So. I know. I was actually, I was trying to think of several other <laughs> They're <laughs> really all going to be this one tree. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, and so it's kind of a funny looking tree. Mm-hmm. And it is a, uh, it's, I think the elms are really beautiful trees. And I, they don't have a lot of pizzazz they don't have big flowers they the the big famous american elms and all these kinds of things will grow really huge and have these like really nice canopies and they're incredible trees love an american elm these don't do that okay. they just kind of get a little scraggly sometimes that, i think that's great specifically the weeping one is what i'm thinking of okay. the weeping witch elm the weeping witch elm yes. for ringo star that's it sorry guy yeah uh he has a really funny video uh i can't remember what he's even talking about in the video but the, but the end he goes peace and love peace and love <laughs> and i always think about that that yeah, sounds like my kind of guy. It like pops into my head at least once a month. Ringo Starr <laughs> saying, peace, peace and love. love. Uh, All right, Casey. Next we have All right. uh, George Harrison. Oh, God. Guitarist for the Beatles. Guitarist. I would, I would, I would call him probably like the solo guitarist. He, I reckon. What? Oh, okay. All right. Uh, as All opposed right. to the rhythm guitarist. Um, George Harrison uh, from what I understand, he is like like all of the all of the quiet emotional artistic men in my life yeah. really love George Harrison. Really? Yeah. So I think he's like, I think he's like kind of an understated, like, you know, doesn't like the limelight necessarily. All right. Pretty, maybe a humble guy. Look at that mustache. Yeah. Incredible. Wow. Stash. Uh, um, you know, he hit from what I, from what, from, from his music, I'm led to believe that he is in touch with, uh, you know, his third eye mm. and what is beyond that we can't see. And okay. um, yeah. And he's a guitarist. He's, he's a, a fine guitarist. He's a fine guitarist. He's a good oh. songwriter too. This one's hard. This one's hard because I, I'm feeling like a, um, I, I feel something like a Japanese maple. Okay. Where it's a great maple. There are better maples, but this is a fine maple. Okay. It's beautiful. doesn't get too big. It's not the star of the show unless it is the star of the show. There in which you case, go. it's the star of the show. If it's a statement tree, or what did you call them? Uh, specimen trees. Specimen tree. Yes. Then it's like, wow, look at that Japanese Wah. maple. Yeah. But if it's among a bunch of other trees, you might miss it. Yeah, you might just like, there's a little maple tree growing up there. I think that's great. I think it's what it is. It's also got very beautiful, um, very beautiful 
foliage, especially in the fall, turns this really nice orange color. Mm. And uh, some of them are red all the time. And they are also... There's weeping varieties that make them a little mop toppy. Just okay. saying, I don't know about the mustache, but yeah, that's where I that's where I fall short. Doesn't have a good mustache. Can I give you my like a Norway maple? My uh, my my choice. Yeah, of course, I'm going lodgepole pine. Lodgepole pine. Yeah. Oh, why? And I think I, especially as compared to the ponderosa pine. Okay. All right. Because it's not flashy. It's mm-hmm. just like a thin tall tree <laughs> it's just yeah, it's a thin tall tree with a big puff at the top yeah and the puff is can be representative of the mop top right. or a mustache man it's gotta be that mustache if we knew the beatles better we might be doing a better job of this but i True. think we're doing okay i'm gonna grow a mustache like george harrison <laughs> that's my goal now heck yeah i can see that i right. get really into guitar and then always wear your guitar like up on your neck, basically. Yeah, I mean, I want to, I, I want to play it with my mustache. There you go. That's the whole point of it. This is a natural mustache or a mechanical oh, mustache. Oh, it's it's a natural mustache. You okay. know, it's a mustache that's so large that you know you you you, look, you talk to the mustache, not the rest of my face. See, this is what those point three cones are going to get you from the fairy <laughs> god. Oh, I'm going to go pick some hawthorn leaves and rub them on my face tonight. Uh-huh. Oh, I'm so excited. Oh, it's like a big situation. You wake up and you. <laughs> You accidentally rubbed them on your lips, and now your lips are humongous. Oh my gosh! I was I was expecting. <laughs> I don't even know what I was expecting. All right, <laughs> all right. Who's next? Next is famous asshole John Lennon. What? Come on. Sorry, I didn't know he's an asshole. John Lennon? Yeah. You didn't know John Lennon was an asshole? I guess not. I'm sorry. I don't mean to put you on blast. Well, maybe he was uh, just he. With, I heard that he let fame go a little bit too much to his head. Yeah, I think Something that, like that. And also, just like I don't know, I can't stand the man personally. Really? Uh, so, what tree are you going to choose for him? I think it's. I think it's tragic what happened to him. Oh, uh, of course, yeah. Um, but I also think, and I think he was a talented. Uh, musician and songwriter, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think that he was kind of a piece of shit. Oh, but I honestly couldn't. Th- I couldn't think of a tree to. Okay, I don't right. know something with thorns. Something with thorns. Or he was a little. That, he was a little abrasive. Something a little pretentious, possibly. Yeah. All I right. hope I don't get people adding me, like calling me a <laughs> Lennon hater. Or there something. are a lot of people who really like John Lennon. It's true. Hey, you know what, Alex? I'm not this, one of them. this is a free space. We can have. We can do this. You're right. I give. I give cones or golden cones of honor to trees that people really like, and I don't give as many. That's right. So I think we can. We we have. This is our art. And I think the I think the people who don't like John Lennon will come out of the woodwork for this. And no, that's not a pun. It wasn't. No, it was. It's a. It's a common term. Yeah. All right. All right. I think. I think. Okay. So. So. But he was a talented musician. He sang a lot, didn't he? As I recall. Yeah, he was one of the one of the main two singers mm-hmm. of the Beatles. Yep. 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 So um, he it's, wrote "Imagine." Oh yeah! Didn't he also do um, the Crow song? No. Yeah, Blackbird. Oh, no, that's Paul McCartney. Oh, God. Oh, man. People are going to get so mad at me. It's okay. Ask me about Elton John. <laughs> yeah, what kind of tree is Elton John? Oh, Elton John, Polonia, wow. every day of the week. Polonia? Yeah. Oh, man. It's got the most audacious purple flowers before wow. the leaves even come on. You weren't kidding. The leaves are huge. The leaves are ginormous. Oh, God. Elton John's a Polonia any day of the week. Elton John's 100% a Polonia. Yeah. I mean, you see that purple color? Yeah. 
Yeah, it's incredible. Mm, looks like, like bell bottoms waiting to happen. It's, <laughs> it's this big, beautiful lilac tree with these huge ass leaves. The leaves are like the double the size of your head. Yeah, they really are. And they're that what I what I like about them is that they're like perfect. Uh, what like octagons? Yes. Yeah, they really are. They're incredibly octagonal. Yeah. Okay, but we're not talking about LJ. No, we're talking about uh John JL. Lennon. Yeah, JL. All right. So, let's see. I I think I want to go I want to go with like um I feel like a pine tree, you know, like okay. a, a little bit rough, a little bit like, oh, you know, you're just kind of annoying sometimes, but I mm. still really like you and you did some cool stuff. Okay. So, I want to I think I want to go with um I think I want to go like the the pitch pine. No, the table mountain pine. Okay. Extremely pokey, un, unfriendly to be around. It has a lot of cones on it. But you know what? It has always the option. It's it's growing in a kind of place where it could grow big and wild, but it's just kind of gnarly and scraggly. It looks like it's misunderstood, but at the same time, it's probably pretty understood, you know? I like the cone. Cone's one of my favorites. It yeah. looks like a coulter pine. Yeah, and it stays on the. Uh, it's much smaller. It stays on the stem way back. Yeah, it's uh, it's like attached to the. It's like glued to the stem. Yeah, it doesn't come off. It's growing straight out of the stem. Yep, that's right. I guess all cones grow straight out of the stem. Yeah, the stems just usually don't get. <clears> as the stems get bigger, the cones fall off. Mm. In this case, as the stems get bigger, the cones just stay there. Wait a minute, you have in your cone crate. Yes. A branch with a cone growing out of it. Is yeah. that a mountain top table yes. pine? I actually have two different kinds that do that. One is this, the, the um, table mountain pine, uh-huh. and the other one grows natively in Oregon in Northern California called the Pinus attenuata, the knob cone pine. Knob cone? Yeah. And there's actually knob cone pine will grow and envelop the cone, and then you can cut through the wood and find like basically ingrown cones that the tree's just grown around. Fascinating. Yeah, isn't it great? We'll have to talk about that sometime. Oh, we, sh- we certainly will. What was that called? The knob cone pine. The knob cone pine. Yeah, the K at the beginning. Well, Casey, we come to my favorite beetle. Oh, this is your favorite? I think anybody who truly knows me and knows the Beatles personalities would probably guess that I'm a Paul stan. Why is that? I just love Paul McCartney. Really? He's so talented. He's such... I'm I'm about to sound like a mom. He's so talented. He's (laughs) such a sweetheart. I really want you to date Paul McCartney. (laughs) He's... <laughs> Why don't you date a nice man like Paul McCartney? <laughs> he's so he's so uh he's so he's such a good songwriter. He's an incredible musician. Um I liked him with wings. Great in wings. Great in the Beatles. <laughs> I'm I'm being serious. I just love that. I don't think anyone's ever been like, man, I really liked wings. Baby, I'm amazed. Come on now. Um yeah, he's the coolest. And he was like he, there's pictures of there's pictures of him with like a with like a department store guitar and he's like yeah. 12 years old and I remember when I when I started playing guitar and I saw a picture of him and I was like hey we all started somewhere yes <laughs> and that like oh, meant a lot to me that is so beautiful we all did start somewhere <laughs> yeah just a, so a, just a, a cone kicked around in the gutter pick it up and now you're now look at you yeah look at me now wow. I have a podcast about trees <laughs> we've made it. <laughs> Oh, geez. All right. Paul McCartney. Paul yeah. McCartney. Mm-hmm. Baby, I can feel him. Okay. All right. All right. Baby, I'm afraid of the way I do. That's it. Okay. All right. I'm feeling it a little bit. I'm I'm getting it. I'm getting it. All right. Yeah, I'd like you. Could you sing the whole thing? Uh, Yeah. Uh-oh. 
How long is the song? This is where <laughs> it's a seven minute. Well, my version is a ten minute epic ballad. <laughs> Let's do it. I got all the time in the world. Uh, I would, Casey, but we're running a little late on this episode. Oh, okay. All right. So I feel like Paul McCartney would have a lot going on, mm-hmm. like big, flowery, flowery, beautiful, but not like too beautiful, but just strong enough, capacious. Strong. Yeah. He's also a bass. He's a bassist. Oh yeah, that's right. Because he uh, he's famous for playing the uh, was it mandolin style bass. Yeah, the honer. The yeah. Honer bass. All right. All right. I'm going to go the European horse chestnut. Wow. That's that's a tree I choose. I'm gonna Google it. And here's why. It has. Uh, it's a big tree. It's got some rough bark, but it's also really beautiful. And it's got very delicate looking leaves, especially when it comes out. The leaves are palmately compound, which is a somewhat rarity in trees that are in the temperate regions. Paul? So, I think... I think palmately? Oh, they are palmately. Oh, get Paul out mate. of town. It's a palmate uh, tree. We can, only, we can only make music puns on this podcast. <laughs> There is, uh, but yeah, it also has, in the springtime, these beautiful, beautiful flowers, and I love them to death. I see the, the leaves look a little uh, cannabis-esque. They do, yeah, a little bit, yeah. Mm-hmm. Not quite the same, but yes, they, have, they, they are esque, I believe. That would be a perfect description. I think they're a little esque. And, funny enough, it is a uh, very common tree over in Europe, and it was a childhood game for a lot of people in England. Um, they'd call it knockers, and they would take the, 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 little, uh, the little horse chestnut uh-huh. fruit, and they would knock them together. And I don't remember exactly oh. what the game was. But like was, marbles? I think so, but I don't know exactly. It was a, a childhood game, I think, of, of people um, way back when. I think it's still played, but not quite as much. Now Now kids don't go out and pick up sticks and play with them. They just go and play their switches or something. That's right. Yeah. Kids and Alex. <laughs> <laughs> Alike. <laughs> All right. That's what, I, that's what I'd say. All yeah. right. Fantastic. I, yeah. I, I'm looking at a picture of it, the European horse chestnut. In, it's, it's beautiful because I, I like it as a thing because yeah. it's kind of got it all it's got a beautiful flower it's, it's got a it's got a fruit it's got a great nut uh you can play knockers with it that's right um and it's 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 just a good looking tree well, there you go this for, is for a, a good a good looking man a good looking man a man that you and you, you should be dating maybe i will date paul mccartney i, th- I think you should I mean, if you anybody has any connections to paul mccartney it's you at us oh, yeah yeah oh, it's me sorry yes at us too my uncle yeah it's my well you shouldn't date your uncle oh that's right oh but if someone else says that is that what you're saying i see yeah so if someone else is like yeah paul's my uncle i'll just uh, i'll send you an email we just miscommunicated so hard for like 15 <laughs> seconds straight yes a perfect time for our completely <laughs> arbitrary q and a casey this question this week is from listener Jason Bernert. Oh, I know that name. Yeah, he's an old what childhood friend of Casey guy. and I. This isn't nepotism, but it may be. <laughs> Jason asks, what up, Alex and Casey? First Ooh, time, long time. Jason? While laying in my hammock between two juniper trees in southwest mm. Colorado, I wondered to myself, in terms of structure and aesthetics, what's your favorite hammock tree? God, I love that Jason's doing that right now. That's right. Shout out those two junipers. Yeah, holler. Uh, he mm. also says, also, I've been listening since episode one, and I finally decided to become a patron. Oh, did he? On Patreon. What a guy. He's in the Cone of the Month Club. Uh, the Cone of the Month. He's a cone of my month. <laughs> you two have brought so many smiles to my face in a time when we could all use a little levity. Thank you so much, Fungal Associate for Life. 
Uh, Jason. F A F O L. All about that. Oh no! Now people are going to request F A F O L oh, T-shirts. Hey, who controls this Instagram? I do. It's my new hashtag. I'm going to yeah. put it before everything else. It's going to be the first hashtag. All right. Well, what do you think? Uh, let's get into the what you need out of a good hammock yeah. tree. Okay. So here's my thought. First off, there's an assumption that we have to make. So Jason did note he was between two trees. Mm-hmm. So I think we need to make a distinction here between two trees, in which case it could be literally any tree that's just not a little whip of something that's going to fall as soon as you you know sit on it. Okay. Um, personally, last year I sat a hammock or set a hammock between two like three foot diameter ponderosa pines. Perfect. And the Ochicos. They were wonderful. Oh, you don't move. They got rough bark, so the, the ropes don't like, yeah, like they, slide they down. Yeah, they settle into the grooves of the bark. Exactly, yeah. So you got that. The bark's thick enough that is you lay on it, you're not going to like pull, pull it too tight and damage the tree. Yeah. Um, they're also massive trees, so the trees probably were like, is there, there's something down there? Right. I, I can't even tell. I don't know. Is that whatever. a squirrel? Yeah, I can't. Whatever. Human uh, squirrel, Casey it's Clapp. It's a human squirrel. That's me. You are a squirrel. I'm going to climb a tree tomorrow. Cool. Yeah. Anyway, so that's I would say literally any tree is a good tree. Preferably a tree that's out at like the top of a precipice, so that as you lay in your hammock, it's a beautiful view going in some direction. Ideally sunset, but you know, you you take what you get. Okay. That's what I'd say. Any tree. Any two trees. Yes. However. Oh boy. If it's just one tree, Mm. have you thought about this, Alex? I no. Ah, so. Ponderosa pine, a single-stemmed tree, or a tree that has a single stem for most of the time. Ah. Then you have, okay, hammock between the two main stems, lear low to the ground. Mm -hmm. Now, what if you wanted to instead put a hammock, say, 40 feet up into a tree? I would not. Well, there are those of us out there (laughs) that that's the only thing we'd think of. Now, safety first. Climb a tree with safety in mind, so you're not going to fall out when you're hanging in your hammock and fall 40 feet. But let's say that you are in a tree. Maybe you just want to go up 10 feet, and you want this. You only have one tree, and that's the only tree you have. You Mm -hmm. live in a a very dry, arid space. You would want to find a tree that is strong wooded, first off, that has not got any decay in it or anything like that. And it needs to have an open canopy that is only kind of at the edges. Think about like a globe kind of tree, like a maple sort of thing. And it wouldn't be a shade tolerant tree because you don't want a bunch of trees grown down in the middle. So it's not going to be something like a beech tree or... um, a sick of spruce because it's going to have so it's just going to be one single stem it's going to be a bunch of branches and things underneath it's going to be it's you're not going to like it oh you're looking for sort of a, a hollow uh yes hollow canopy exactly okay. but you don't want to do it to a tree that has leaves under there because those leaves are really important for the tree mm-hmm. but if it does it itself then it's not important to the tree okay. so you can get um you can find some trees that grow up one single stem, and then they have branches that not only grow out away from each other, but do it at a light angle. So they actually come out like oblique. At a, I think it's an oblique angle, more than 90 degrees. Yeah, almost like a U shape. Yes, exactly. There's a Douglas fir not 20 feet from us outside. Totally. That, that grows the same way. That would be the best, except most likely that's because something damaged the top of that tree. Oh. But it would still work yeah. in this case. Now, now, if it was a tree that was a, a broadleaf tree like a an elm tree or 
Um, I'm actually thinking of a tree. It doesn't get very big, but when it does get big, man, that's nice. It's called a colateria, a mm. golden uh, golden chain tree. No, golden rain tree. How about an Oregon white oak? Older Oregon white oak would be great. Those are perfect. Strong woods or strong wooded tree. It's got that thick and really uh, textured bark. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so you want a tree that kind of grows up, splits apart, and has enough space inside of the canopy that you can actually set a full, what, like 10-foot? Uh, um, hammock distance from like branch to branch and still have enough room for you to sit your whole body in there. Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, so that would be a tree that's wide open and has a nice big strong branches but branches makes these big they're called scaffold limbs which are those big gigantic ones that aren't quite holding individual leaves but they're holding up all the other little ones that have individual leaves mm-hmm. um you want to have big but medium-sized scaffold branches and you want a bunch of them and you want them to start maybe like 10 feet off the ground or so okay climb on up there set it in the middle make sure that you're tied in so that if you do uh do that classic like oh i dropped something you lean over and then you have that flip out of the hammock yeah yeah maybe if you just have a rope tied to you so that you don't fall out that's my move (laughs) you should do it between two trees alex i should do it on the ground (laughs) treat the hammock like a sleeping bag (laughs) i also i would say don't do it on a uh, on a pine tree because when you get out and you put your feet on the ground, you're inevitably going to step on pine needles. Ooh. I know you don't like that. So. Wait, uh, you did suggest ponderosa pine. Yes, it's because I like walking on ponderosa pine. Oh, you're talking about me specifically. Yes, well, you specifically. And uh, juniper is a great choice out there uh, in Colorado where Jason's at. Yeah. Um, because they're strong wooded trees. It smells lovely underneath them. They're short enough. And so you can just put it. They get stout, I guess, much shorter. So you have really strong trees that aren't that tall. Cool. Yeah, as long as you don't uh, you don't walk on their really pokey little juvenile leaves, those suck. It well, feels like it's a thorn. It's oh, not. interesting. It's just pokey. No, they just fall off onto the ground. And then yeah, they're just old old leaves. Yeah. I see. Anyway, well, there you go. Thanks for your question, Jason. We there hope you're, you you're doing well out there on the road on your epic road trip. Man, it's so epic. Everyone should follow him. Yeah. What is his? Uh, hey, mom, alive. Yeah, that's it with underscores. Yep. Watch some. Traversing of the country. Yeah, he he got a he got like a what what is that what is that van called? Oh, the sprinter van. Sprinter van. Yeah. And he's just cruising around the country. Man, would that I could. Yeah, that'd be fun. Uh, if you have a question about trees or other such things, yeah, like um, wh- who's Alex's favorite beetle? <laughs> yeah, well now you now know. we know. We have to ask who's your favorite the who. <laughs> the who? I don't even know. Oh. Pete Townsend, was he from The Who? He's a guitarist, yeah. Yeah. Well, Keith Moon's my favorite. Oh, you're a moon man. Yeah, one time he put so many explosives in his bass drum at the at, at some show, uh-huh. it blew him off of his drum set. Hell yeah. He was insane, man. That's real rock and roll. <laughs> it's such rock and roll. If you have a question about trees, email us at arbitrarypod at gmail.com. Rock and roll. Check us out on Instagram at arbitrarypod. Or if you really want to... Uh, support the podcast more than just listening for free, which we're also completely happy to have you do. Love it. You can join us on Patreon, patreon.com slash arbitrary pod, Casey. That's the one, I believe. You can become a tree hugger. Uh, you can become part of the Arboretum for five bucks a month, listen right. to extra episodes on all sorts of things. Or you can join the Code of the Month Club and receive a unique cone sticker every month with an info card. And I want to give a quick plug to April's cone artist. Mm -hmm. Her name is Jocelyn Richards Daniels. She draws 
fucking um, just incredible, almost photorealistic illustrations of foliage. And everyone in April is going to get one Douglas fur coat. That's right. I know I'm biased, but April's a really good month to join the Cone of the Month Club. That's a pretty good one. And once these cones are gone, they're gone, baby. They're gone. Thank you so much for joining us here on Completely Arbitrary. You know, Casey, I think I am feeling a little better. You look great because you you gave so many golden cones of honor to the Hawthorne. That's right. You praise the the, the queen, yes. fairy queen. Any anytime I give golden cones, I, I feel chipper. Yeah. Oh, Excellent. It's one of my favorite hobbies. <laughs> I do it every week with you. <laughs> That's right. Peace and love, Alex. <laughs> Peace and love, Casey. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for listening uh, to Completely Arbitrary. I almost forgot the name of our podcast. We'll see you next time. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Completely Arbitrary is produced by Alex Croson and Casey Clapp. Our production consultant is Olivia Frankie. Our artwork is by Jillian Barthold, and our music is by the Mini Vandals. Thanks for listening.